Get out your sailor uniforms and yo-yos. The Toho gang suit up with special guest Dawn from the Anime Nostalgia podcast to take on a fascist high school on the remote island Hell's Castle. It's delinquent girl detectives in episode 60, Skabondeka, the movie. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm your host this episode, Joey Weiser, and with me are the usual co-hosts, V. Hey, V. Hey, Joey. And Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, Joey. And this episode, we are joined by a special guest, Dawn from the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. Hey, Dawn. Codename Usamimi reporting for duty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This episode, we're going to be covering Skabon Deka the movie from 1987. Um, this is a movie that Dawn had actually requested we cover uh, a while back, uh, uh, according to our notes, and we wanted to have her on um, the show anyway and thought that this would be a fun one to talk uh, with her about. Um, so Dawn, if you could just uh, give us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then maybe um, tell us uh, a little bit about your history with this movie or the franchise in general, if you have any experience outside of the the, the film. Oh, sure. So um, thank you for having me. I'm like super excited to be here. Um, I am the host producer one woman show uh, <laughs> called the Automated Nostalgia Podcast. Uh, I talk about basically old school anime, manga, and fandom related things, uh, you know, pre the year 2000s, you know, pre before everything mm. we did ended mm-hmm. up online. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's that's my little claim to fame. I'm, I'm that person that found, found out what Miami Mike did. Hi, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was huge. It was huge uh, for me personally. Yeah, <laughs> thank thank God somebody had to. <laughs> Completely by accident too, which was the best part of the story. Um, but yeah, that's uh, me and what I do. Um, regarding Escape on Decca, that was a franchise that uh my first exposure to like the skabon the world of skabon deca uh was actually the anime adaptation from the mm-hmm. 90s uh because i thought it looked like really cool and interesting and then i found out it was based off of a shoujo manga which i thought was wild because the plot does not sound anything like a shoujo manga at all uh yeah i think uh, kind of early on you you learn these kind of definition shoujo shonen and, and you always think like shoujo means like romance and you know uh not not action but there actually are a lot of like shoujo sports and action uh comics too yeah yeah and a lot of the popular shonen insane titles are heavily influenced by old shoujo which mm. uh once you start like dipping into some of those classic things, you start seeing like the hallmarks and you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> but this was uh, a title that it was a shoujo manga based off of a shoujo manga that was actually done by a, a man, not a woman. Uh, mm. So I think that also kind of lended to like the more action oriented stuff because he was just like, yeah, let's put in this and this and like, oh, some of this and it'll be wild and and interesting. And I think that really 
made it such a, a appealing mix to me because it wasn't limited to just like what our perceived notions of shoujo is. Like you were saying, like it's it felt more uh, sort of straddling the line between a lot of different genres, yeah, which was super appealing to me. And I really enjoyed the anime because it was like so just like uh pulpy and fun and weird and like the but the designs were like very old school shoujo style with mm-hmm. you know the the big sparkly eyes and the big hair and like all that stuff <laughs> which i loved so i was like what else of this is there? And uh, I found out there was like a whole TV show based off of it. Uh, I never got to see the whole TV show because uh, famously it has never been brought over here. I think it's been fan subbed, but like it's really long and (laughs) I've never been dedicated enough to sit down and just be like, okay, I'm going to watch this whole thing. Uh, But the movies came out here on uh, DVD some time ago. And of course I bought those because I was like, oh, well, if I liked the anime, I'm surely going to like these. And, um, you know, this was before <laughs> uh, we collectively learned as fans that, like, uh, live action adaptations can be uh, not so great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, these are really, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, so I was like very, very happy with these. Uh, I didn't really learn until after I watched them that like, oh, this is not so much based on the anime I saw or the manga it's based off of, but like more of the TV show. And it's kind of its own thing, but it borrows heavily from the source material. So um, there's still a lot of stuff that like we would traditionally think of like in a shoujo manga, like in it, which is great. Mm. <laughs> Uh, which I love. I love that fun mix of uh, just varying things uh, in a thing to make something even cooler. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've seen like a little bit of the TV show, uh, but I'm mostly the most familiar with the the anime adaptation and the live action movies, especially this first one, which mm-hmm. is my favorite of the two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, just to give folks a little bit of a background uh, about the the series, like Skebandeka means like delinquent girl, detective or cop. And um, yeah, like you said, it's a sh- originally was a shoujo manga by Shinji Wada that was 22 volumes long. So pretty, pretty lengthy mm-hmm. uh, from 1972 to 82. Big 10 uh, year run. And then made into three uh, consecutive television series from 85 through 87. And that's sort of like tokusatsu fashion of like each year. It's a different cast and sort of but mm-hmm. within the same kind of like, uh, you know, um, con- construction of uh, you know, types of characters and stuff. Um, and this film takes place between Skate on Deca 2 and 3, uh, the TV series 2 and 3. Um, and then, uh, then there are those other adaptations. There's the two OAV, uh, anime films from 91, uh, as well as a later live action film called Yo-Yo Girl Cop in English, <laughs> uh, which is a title I love, uh, it, it, that came out in 2006, as well as in the same year, a V cinema release, 
that's a sort of like spicier take called Yo Yo Sexy Girl Cop uh, also came out. Uh, so <laughs> I think Skabon Decca is probably most well known in English uh, these days for having a big influence on Studio Trigger's Kill a Kill series. Um, a kind of big example of that is that the Kill a Kill uh, ending credit sequence actually mirrors the end credits of the original Escape on Decca TV series. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was kind of blown away. Um, you know, we always announce like, hey, this week we're going to be talking about this movie or whatever on Twitter. And um, to varying degrees of uh, responses from folks, depending on the title. And we got a really big outpouring of people pretty enthusiastic to hear about this movie. And a lot of people asking about, like, is there a place where we can see the TV series and stuff? And it is kind of a bummer that that's not available legally. Um, And I would love to read the manga. uh, Personally, it looks like the art style is really great and stuff. Um, um, So... um, Alex, did you know uh, about Skabon Decca at all uh, no. before this? No. Um, I mean, like, I hadn't heard of it in that form at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, uh, I believe I did see Yo-Yo Girl Cop. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much of it. I just remember, uh, like, being uh, very tickled by the title. And I think they were showing it at Otakon. Mm. Uh, so I saw it in the programming and I was like, yeah. I want to see this. This sounds stupid <laughs> and fun. And um, I think I had a decent time with it, but um, I guess it wasn't very memorable because I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, it's fine. Like I, I saw it a few years ago and it's a, it's all right. You know, it's, yeah, it's re- kind of a bit more along the lines of those uh, anime adaptations that you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is fine. They recreated rated things with like live action people, but the movie itself is nothing really to speak of, you know? Yeah. Especially when you compare it to like, this movie which is mm. so much fun mm. like the it just feels really lacking i i don't know <laughs> i watched it when it first came out too and i was like uh, i guess that was an okay waste of time like uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but sorry alex did you have any anything else uh well i i did wanted to speak i wanted to speak a little bit about uh just the overall reception of live action anime adaptations mm-hmm. and uh, uh i i'm tick i'm inclined to agree with with uh with with what you what y'all say about about this one in comparison to others just because um uh the film alchemist live action uh movie um which we will not be covering on this podcast um <laughs> Is probably the best example I can think of of uh, why would you do this um, mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of live action adaptations. So, um, yeah. How about you, V? Have you had any experience with uh, Skabon Decca at all? Uh, so I've never actually seen a Skabon Decca thing before. I've seen a lot of clips on on like Twitter and YouTube and stuff of like uh, Yo Yo Combat and Marble Combat and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been aware of Skabon Decca for a while because uh, many, many years ago on the Dreamcast, uh, the second rival schools game, Project Justice, had a character in it named Zaki that mm. I liked a lot. That when like researching uh, fighting game stuff, is she's very loosely based on Skabon Decca. She fights with a chain instead of a yo yo and doesn't really have the, the, uh, uh, like schoolgirl Fuku thing, mm. but uh, her name is Zaki, which is 
very close and and chains kind of like a yo-yo yeah Um, but yeah so so i follow the breadcrumbs from there and found out about uh both the concept of skeban and also the series skeban deca but i i don't know i just never really felt compelled to dive into the series for some reason yeah yeah Man, I love yeah, pers- that game too, and I never made that connection. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a thing I love about this podcast is that V, Alex, and I are all kind of like in a similar orbit to kind of like nerd culture, Japanese uh, culture interests, but we come at it from slightly different angles. And so, yeah, uh, often like V will be like, "Oh yeah, this is just like in this video game or this fighting game or whatever." And it's something that I've never heard of or whatever. I've got another one of those for, for later. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I personally, I don't remember exactly where I first like found out about this. I think it might have been seeing. I definitely distinctly remember seeing the Yo-Yo Girl Cop uh DVD on like a video store rental shelf and like laughing a lot about that <laughs> title. And it has a very serious looking cover and everything. Uh, but I didn't rent it. It was just something that I laughed a lot about and, and something that I would bring up fr- from time to time because it is such a funny title. Um, my real exposure was actually following a fan supper putting out a tele- uh, the second television series, uh, which kind of works out well for me since this is more or less an adaptation of the, the second uh, TV series. Um, and... Um, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I like followed over the years as they kind of slowly put out an episode or two. And, um, I, I got really attached to it and then found these, uh, DVDs of the, the eighties movies and, uh, watched those and thought they were a lot of fun. Um, and then eventually rented Yo-Yo Girl Cop (laughs) as well. (laughs) I think it took me a while to even like make that connection. I mean, it seems really obvious, but for some reason it was like Yo-Yo Girl Cop was in one part of my brain and Skate on Deco was in another thing. And then I was like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah. And and like I said, I haven't read the manga. I haven't seen the anime. I didn't even realize until this weekend, uh, and seeing people tweet about it and stuff that it was, that those were available. Um, or that they had been put out ever. Um, so I want to yeah, definitely tra- uh, track down the anime at some point. So Yeah, sadly, that's been out of print for so long that like the DVD is kind of hard to find now. Is it? Yeah, okay. it's a bummer. <laughs> but that's, that's not surprising to hear. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it was an old um, ADV release. I can't mm. remember. But um, the dub was <laughs> pretty fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I do look back at it fondly because it's just like uh, it's so over the top and so fun. Uh, I mean, it's not as cheesy fun as like, say, these movies are, but it's mm-hmm. fun in that like really like gritty old anime sort of way where they're like, ooh, let's put a lot of violence and blood and stuff. And, right. You know, and you're like, oh, man, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that OVA straight to quality uh, th- or straight to video quality. But- <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> it's one of those things that like I low key keep hoping that like discotheque might pick it back up someday. <laughs> I know. Not to, yeah, pull, yeah, break the fourth wall at all, but we are recording this after a pretty, like, epic uh, mm-hmm. disco d- tech day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does give me hope that this might be on their pile of things that they'll be announcing someday for Eventually. the next year or so. I, yeah, I yeah. think if anybody's going to, it's definitely them, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also low-key want some, like, anyone, really, to re-release these movies because they did come out on Blu-ray in Japan. 
not oh, not nice. too long ago, and I bet they look fantastic. So I'm like, yeah, the, maybe someday. Yeah, yeah. The DVDs are like decent. They don't look great, but like they do have a few. Like there's like a making of featurette, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which I rewatched today, and and um, a couple little bonus things, which are which are pretty cool. Which I'm wondering um, if this is this is so much vis- visual spectacle that you could get just import the Japanese Blu-ray and do okay without having the the subtitles. True. I mean, true. you probably could. Like, you'd miss the the convoluted you know plot that they have going on. <laughs> but like, uh, in all honesty, like, does it really matter? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, uh, well, before we get to the plot, I want to run down uh, the director and, and the actors um, a bit. Uh, the director is Hideo Tanaka, who seems like he's mainly a tokusatsu director. Um, as we talked about in a couple of our episodes, probably most notably the Zeram episode, uh, for folks who missed it, the tokusatsu is just like a Japanese word for special effects, live action special effects um, stuff like this, and, um, you know, a common writer, that kind of thing. Uh, and he's, you know, he worked on uh, the Japanese Spider-Man back in the day and um, Space Sheriff Gavan. Um, and I think all of this Skabon Deca TV series. So he's a pretty was kind of deep in uh, Skabon Deca when when he made this uh, already had experience with the actors and stuff. And um, as for the actors, um, Yoko Minamino plays um I'm going to... Okay, so here's the thing. Skabon Deca always uses the codename Saki Asamiya. Um, but they kind of primarily call Skabon Deca 2, which is uh, Minamino Saki in this. So I'm going to just call her that. Her, her real name's Yoko Godai. But um, yeah, everyone just calls her third... Saki. So yeah, yeah. And then the third Skabon Deca who is introduced in this film, uh, everyone just calls her Yui, uh, her, her like re- given name. Um, and. So most of the cast, uh, all the female cast are essentially idols, um, actresses and singers. Um, and so a lot of their credits are kind of similar and that the, they'll, they'll have some music out as well as a kind of um, different degrees of uh, <laughs> sparse acting careers. Um, but Minamino like is still working to this day. Um, uh, Skabon Deca 2 was her first major work. She says in that uh, featurette that this is the first film that she'd ever made. Um, and looking through her work, I didn't particularly recognize anything right off the bat, but she is, uh, in 2020, she was in a young GTO series, a uh, GTO prequel series, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, For anyone and- that um, is familiar with shoujo manga, she was in uh, the 80s live action adaptation of Haikara-san, which is a very popular um, shoujo manga from the 70s and 80s. That uh, The only thing of that that ever got brought to America was the recent remake anime mm. films uh, called Haikara-san, Here Comes Miss Modern, uh, part one and two. Uh, but right, she, but right. she plays the starring role in it. So that was like a big deal because that was like a really pop. That's it's been a very popular series for like decades now. So mm-hmm. uh, that caught my eye. I was like, oh, I would love to see her in that. Like, I wonder if I can find a fan sub of it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I wonder. Um, yeah. The availability of that. I Yeah. I, I think she's great. So I would love to see her in more stuff. Um and then uh, Yui Asaka plays Yui Kazama, the third uh, Skabon Deca introduced in this, as I was saying. 
Um, she has a kind of similar um, acting career, like I said, to uh, Minamino, but I, IMDb at least didn't have anything for her listed after 2012. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me is that in 89, she played Yawara in a live action Yawara film. Oh. Um, a fashionable judo girl, uh, you know, the adaptation of a Urasawa manga uh, and anime. Um, and in that also, Bunta Sugawara plays her dad and <laughs> Riki Takeuchi plays the like handsome rival coach. So it's a weirdly uh, stacked would, cast. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> Man, I totally forgot there was a live action adaptation of that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, did a brief look, did not did not find uh find it unfortunately but i'll keep my eyes out another uh, video game connection that i just realized is i think uh yui's uh skaban might actually be the inspiration for uh yuffie in final fantasy 7 oh they've both got the like headband and short hair and arm guard Mm, same kind of spunky yeah attitude Mm -hmm. oh man you're so right i never thought of that also a very similar name yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Um, uh, moving on, uh, Haruko Sagara plays Saki's friend Okio, Marvel's Okio. Um, she's uh, another singer-actress, idol type. Uh, she was in Godzilla vs. Biolante. Uh, she won Best Supporting Actress in a film that I believe in English is called Knockout. Um, and in 2008, she retired from acting and opened a travel agency in Hawaii. Oh, it's kind of neat. <laughs> well, good for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because most of the, of the stories with people like that go this way. Uh, for Akie Yoshizawa, she plays Saki's friend Yukino, the, the sort of sweeter rich girl that they stop from going to Europe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she's more of a J-pop uh, musician than an actor. She hasn't actually done too much acting. Uh, she was in a band called Onyanko Club uh, that disbanded around the time that this movie came out and released a few solo singles uh, for the next following years until she married in 1996 and then just retired uh, as it as it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ayako Kobayashi plays Megumi, the sister character, and I couldn't find much info on her. Um, in the featurette thing, they mentioned that this is her first acting job um, or her first film uh, that they did a kind of uh, nationwide casting call uh, for this uh, role and that she was the one uh, that got picked up for that. And she's it looked like she does uh, on and off acting kind of every few years, a role in this or that. But um, I'm not sure uh, what her kind of main uh, thing is uh, these days. Hmm. And uh, Shinobu Sakagami plays Kazuo, the runaway guy. And he has a pretty big acting career. Um, He started as a child actor in the 70s. And uh, these days, he seems to host a lot of like variety television and award shows and things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh. And uh, Kaizo Kanie plays uh, Nishiwaki, the the police agent that's sort of uh, Saki's confidant, you know, and gives her the yo-yo and all that stuff. uh, I believe he's in all three Skabon Deca series, uh, possibly just two and three. I, information was a little hazy on that. Um, playing this character, Nishiwaki. Um, I definitely remembered him from from two. Um, and he's in the final Shintaro Katsu uh, Zatoichi movie from 1989. It's kind of an oddball one. And 
had made appearances in other Zatoichi films and TV episodes. Uh, he's in a couple of the Hanzo the Razor films. Uh, anybody seen those? Uh, not for the weak of heart. <laughs> and uh, has <laughs> been in lots of other kind of TV dramas and stuff until he passed away in t- uh, 2014. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, that's too bad. He's uh, 69 years old, so not even that old. Um, but who knows? Um, Hiroyuki Nagato plays uh, Director Kuriyami slash The Dark Director, which this is something that I feel like didn't get super explained in the movie. And I had to kind of do some reading up on this. But like his character, The Dark Director, is in all three Skabon Deka uh, TV series, as well as he reprises his role in Yo-Yo Girl Cop. And he's this always this guy behind the scenes. And it was kind of confusing to me because they make it seem like the dark director is this like villainous guy that's funding that school. But really, I think the deal was that you're supposed to think it's this guy, but then it ends up being somebody else. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't, I even, despite having seen the second series years ago, I was not super familiar with that character. So, uh, that part kind of went over my head a little bit. Um, he's been acting since the forties, actually. Um, he, a few titles that I recognize were pigs and battleships from 1961 and the insect woman in 1963, uh, as well as, uh, those Skabon roles. Um, and then finally, uh, I wanted to mention Masato Ibu, who plays principal Hattori. Um, this guy has a big acting career, including voice acting, uh, pretty notably, he's the voice of Heikuro Todo in Space Battleship Yamato. So yes. uh, that's kind of a big role for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought you might appreciate this, Don. He played Yotsuya in a live action Meizan Koku movie. Oh, my God. Really? That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, which I thought was great <laughs> since uh, you had just put out that really great episode on Meizan Koku and um, I love that he I could totally see him as this sort of like <laughs> creep. Yeah, creepy, guy. creepy, deadpan, pervert weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh, man. Now I really want to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also in Godzilla versus Megaguirus and Godzilla Final Wars, a couple of the sort of final uh, Godzilla films of the uh, Millennium series. And uh, still doing a lot of TV work to this day. So wow. it looks um, like uh, he also voiced Blackjack in an adaptation of Phoenix. Oh, nice! That's Ooh, pretty cool. That's cool. I love Blackjack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I could see that he does kind of. It seemed like somewhat equal parts voice acting and and on screen acting. Um, yeah, he definitely has a lot of a big presence. Uh, oh, totally. And I can yeah. definitely see him like doing voice acting because like he has a very commanding, uh, mm. n- nice voice, like very, very good, like well suited for that type of thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, OK, so I'm going to just run down a kind of brief version of uh, of w- what we saw in the film and then we can dig into our thoughts about it and whatnot. Um, when the movie opens, uh, we see that Saki and her friends uh, have are kind of settling into normal life following uh, the adventures of the Skabon Deka 2 series uh, coming to a close. However, Saki runs into Kazuo a student on the run from the villainous Sanko Gakuen school on a remote island called Hell's Castle, uh, which is a great <laughs> name. <laughs> right? um, and the school is run by Principal Hattori, who is reforming delinquents 
into his own private army with the plan to overthrow the Japanese government and supposedly with the aid of the dark director behind the scenes. And um, Saki and Kazuo joined forces with one of his classmates, sister Megumi, um, as well as Saki's friends from uh, the past TV series, Marbles, Okyo, and Yukino, and uh, the, and eventually meeting up with Skate on Deca Three, uh, Yui. Uh, however, as they are meeting some more potential allies, they are ambushed by a helicopter, and Kazuo is shot dead. Um, <laughs> in in the trademark um, uh, tokusatsu, the tokusatsu rock quarry. quarry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's going to be some big explosions when there's nothing but dirt around. Yeah, you're like, uh, oh, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> Someone's going to get blown up. <laughs> yeah, including the helicopter, which she takes down with her yo-yo, which is incredible. Oh, that was but, amazing. Uh, <laughs> That sets up some stakes for the rest of the movie that I was not expecting. <laughs> right? Uh, very good. Uh, so the girls uh, infiltrate Hell's Castle on their own, um, and uh, they're ambushed once again, and we learn that Megumi has been feeding the bad guys info and uh, in order to try to free her brother. And uh, eventually we see that her brother has actually been operated on to the point where he's brain dead. Uh, leading Megumi to join back uh, with our heroes. And uh, uh, Saki now equipped with a super upgraded yo-yo that um, she got from Nishiwaki and, and was sort of warned that it's dangerous, uh, that her bones will crumble if she uses it too much. Um, and she and the girls free the students, uh, but Megumi hangs back to burn down the school. And uh, Saki goes back for her, uh, reluctantly fighting some soldier graduates. And uh, then she eventually battles Hattori, who, gasp, uh, is actually a cyborg. Um, <laughs> so Megumi sacrifices herself to save Saki, uh, who eventually defeats Hattori with some good, like, Terminator skin ripping action and stuff. Um, and uh, she flees the school, which goes up in a giant explosion. In, then in the aftermath, uh, the, I guess, fake dark director is uh, surreptitiously given a gun by the real dark director to uh, end his own life uh, as as everything is gonna, about to be exposed. And uh, we get a brief look at Yui's sisters, who are characters in the third uh, Skibon Deca series. Um, and Saki and her friends are now free to live their lives as they please. And that is uh, the, the film. So, um, yeah, so Dawn, how was it revisiting uh, the film for you this time around? Oh, man, it's been quite a while since I last watched it. So I was uh-huh. like really excited because I was like, ooh, an excuse to like actually sit down and watch it again because it's been a while. And like, uh, I'm really glad I did because I was like, man, I forgot just how much fun this movie is. It's so <laughs> much fun to watch because like, uh, I mean, you have the 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 cool girl heroines you have the tokusatsu action you have really great plot twists that are totally unexpected <laughs> and it's just it's so and then you got the the great uh like j-pop kind of soundtrack going on oh yeah uh, you got the great 80s fashion going on i mean you know kids with your with your 
let's see what's on trend. They call it the cottage core look, right? Uh, oh yeah. Saki's like big oversized pink sweater and her her big flouncy <laughs> skirt are totally like cottage core looks. Perfect. Like so good. Mm-hmm. Um and then like <laughs> I I have written down in my notes hot metallic pink silver wet suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I did not mention I thought about mentioning those. I love how when they're sneaking into uh Hell's Castle and they're under cover and trying not to stand out, they have these bright, bright uh hot pink uh wetsuits, which is amazing. Hot, hot metallic pink and silver wetsuits, like they're not just like hot pink. They are sparkly. <laughs> my my yeah. thought was that those were going to be their like outfits that they wear for the rest of the movie at that point. But <laughs> I was I was uh, shocked to find out that those they were literally just for for uh, yeah for for wetsuit purposes. I, I it's I, Stavon I, I, Deco, I, Alex, not totally spies. <laughs> I mean, they do do that great like yakuza like tear away where like their schoolgirl uniforms are underneath <laughs> which is very cool of course yeah uh, i love that that yeah the the hot pink didn't give them away so they they get into their schoolgirl uniforms which have these bright red ribbons and stuff so still not like perfect for sneaking around but very important no. i think <laughs> very very important you have to have the the look the trademark look mm-hmm. um but uh, this time around, um, I, when I was reading up on like the cast list and stuff, like briefly, uh, I did not know this. But like apparently in the beginning where um, you see Saki like just kind of like live in her life for like a brief moment before all this all happens, like you see her go like just walking down the street and she sees like a, a yo-yo salesman on the side of the road. And she's like, oh, how cute, how fun. Maybe I'll buy a yo-yo because why not? Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently that was the creator of the manga. That was Shinji Wada. Oh, oh wow. that's cool. I like that. I yeah, didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like, what? That's that's really <laughs> fun. I love, I love silly things like that. Like just the creator hanging out in his movie. Yeah, that's but, perfect. But yeah, like, uh, this is like such a great encapsulation of like the fun sort of 80s stuff that like I totally love. It's like pulpy, it's cheesy, it's out there, but it's all just like really well done Mm -hmm. and super fun. And like the shoujo manga influences are also like really good. Like I like the whole just like, you know, girls being girls and supporting each other and stuff except you know they're also plotting to you know overthrow a fascist regime so <laughs> there you go yeah what all of them sitting want? around and they've like made curry for each other and they're handing out plates it's just like so cute and twee and they're like this is how we're gonna infiltrate this gi joe secret base <laughs> right and they're wearing their like frilly kitchen aprons it's so cute and i mean there's also like that cute sort of like shoujo almost uh maybe yuri flavor where like they're out Mm. just watching the sunset talking about their lives and like you know in any other thing they might like actually like hold hands and like blush or something but you know it's an action movie so we got to be like cool and tough and just stand there and look at the ocean they they blew up the main like hunky young boy uh early on (laughs) so they could just get that out of the way (laughs) right like oh he was just getting in the way of girl time (laughs) It's fine. 
Yeah, that was actually awesome. my first thought when they started uh, when they were having that meal together was like, oh, hey, he's out of the way. They could just like hang out and do girl stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So, V, what were your general thoughts? Um, I like this a lot uh, in ways that surprised me. Uh, like I, I expected to like it, uh, but it feels like an 80s action movie in the best ways when I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be mm-hmm. more kind of just like a slightly bigger budget uh, tokusatsu episode. But the uh, the thing that this reminded me of most was uh, Beverly Hills Cop, just in terms <laughs> of like not mm-hmm. not theming mm-hmm. or anything, but the music, uh, some of it felt like um, <laughs> there, there's one track that sounds kind of like the heat is on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. And just the like, I don't know, camera work and the way the the scenes are shot just reminded me of like mid budget 80s action in a really cool way. And there are so many explosions. There's fighting guys in nondescript hallways and prisons. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, the the stakes surprised me. I was not expecting uh, Kazuo to just get like violently murdered by a helicopter and then the helicopter exploded and I laughed out loud. Um, the, I love that part so much. Uh, yeah, so I expected good. it to like kind of crash over a hill, but no, it just blows up. Um, it just cuts to an explosion. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then like how hardcore the ending is where the, the director gives the the politician a gun is like we'll clean up the mess it's just yeah. like jesus it's so dark right i'd forgotten all about that part and i was like oh oh no um, <laughs> and they and they say something like you know you you were taken down by a group of teenage girls like yeah. aren't you ashamed <laughs> like you better just use this <laughs> and i was like whoa I forgot all about that. Um, but yeah, this was this was so fun. I really liked it. Also, the the like once I realized the guy had a cybernetic arm, I was just waiting for her to like hit him in the face and do the Terminator reveal, which they, they did get to. <laughs> um, the only thing I was really not happy about is I don't like a lot of the acting from the primary cast. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like uh Saki in particular is the weakest part of the movie, both in her acting and the stunt work, which the the rest of the stunt work from the like grunt guys and Hattori, I thought was all great. Um, but Saki was uh, just like a step behind the actual stuntmen. Yeah. And which like, I guess that kind of thing sometimes goes with the territory when you're hiring idols and, and singers to be in starring roles. Yeah, you know, in the in the featurette, they this might just be paying lip service, but I thought it was interesting. They mentioned specifically that she wanted to do as many stunts as they as she could, uh, but that they for the dangerous ones had to bring in, uh, you know, stunt doubles. Um, so and a lot of that uh, was like showing them kind of taking her talking with her through like, now you're going to jump here and then this is going to explode and then you have to roll over here and all that stuff. So it's, it's cool that she at least like, you know, made the effort and participated in that. Um, yeah, even if she's not like, uh, you know, <laughs> Esco Shihomi or something. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know that her heart was in it and that she was actually trying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, another thing while I'm 
uh, got that on the mind. Um, they filmed this in the winter. Those scenes in the water were filmed in December. So oh, like there all these scenes of them like shivering around Jesus. a fire and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a scene where like they, they start singing Christmas carols? Yeah, they were literally filming on Christmas Eve and they're, they're singing, um, yeah, a Christmas carol, which is really wow. uh, sweet and kind of sad. I mean, I know that Christmas Eve isn't as big of a deal over there as it would be here, but <laughs> uh, seemed poignant. Um, so, Alex, uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I rather liked it. Um, I thought it was very fun, uh, you know, cheesy at points. It felt like watching a um, like a very long tokusatsu episode, mm-hmm. um, especially the fact that uh, the helicopter uh, scene <laughs> takes place in a tokusatsu quarry. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, Got those strategically placed oil drums everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I thought the action was really fun. Um, it was paced really well. I did think it was a little confusing. Um, I didn't know if that, like the, the, the guy ended up being the dark director. I didn't know he was supposed to be a villain, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really follow that too much. Um, I did love the music. Uh, the music felt like video game music too, especially when they're... Um, I feel like a lot of tracks seem to be reused, and when they're uh, infiltrating uh, Hell's Castle, I, I feel like I don't know. It, it felt like a, I, know, I felt like a Capcom game a little bit. Mm. Uh, I had like that vibe to it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of loved it. I looked up the the composer Ichiro Anita, uh, and it looks like he uh, basically just did exclusively um, uh, the uh, Sukuban Deka. Um, movies and um, mm. also the Nanako SOS TV series. Um, oh, that's yeah. random. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I, so when I Googled him, uh, it, it turns out that oh, a character um, in uh, Choriki Sentai O Ranger shares the exact same name as him. So I'm, I'm wondering if that was a uh, like a mm. nod to him or something like that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Could be, yeah. Um, Either way, I uh, I am with V for the most part in terms of the acting and stuff, but I was having fun, so I guess it didn't really bother me too much. Um, yeah, I think I curbed my expectations as soon as I found out this was based on an anime, but uh, for a movie that was in the 80s, I thought it was done really well. Um, and I really loved the props. Uh, I mean, you know, tokusatsu props always kind of impress me just because, you know, they are shiny and um, yeah. they have weight to them. And, uh, whenever, and I'm a little just disappointed that she didn't throw her yo-yo around more. Um, and I kind of wanted to see more marble action. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, I think the, my only, uh, my only critique is that I, I wish, um, that, uh, they didn't get captured at one point because I was like, oh no, I want to see them, you know, I want to see them kick ass and eventually they do, which is great. Um, but, uh. But yeah, I, I guess I guess I could have used a little more action. <laughs> I love how like the the first time she uses the yo-yo, the like upgraded super yo-yo, she like busts through a steel door yeah. uh, with it. And then like the next time she like hits a person with it. And I was like, dang, you just like destroyed like steel <laughs> with that. I don't know if you should be hitting people, but yeah. you know, it's all it's all relative. <laughs> it's, I, all I, on, it's all on the wrist, right? Like, you know, uh-huh. if, you, if you don't do full power, then like, you know, he'll be fine. He'll, he just has yeah. a concussion or something. <laughs> I trust her to have that control. (laughs) (laughs) I do agree, though, that like I really wish um, the movies showed off more of the because like in the other versions, like you get to see that that yo-yo does like a whole bunch of stuff. It's like go, go gadget yo-yo. 
Awesome. As it should be. Um, I like, I, I love the, uh, the Henshin sequence, um, where she's putting little bullets into the yo-yo. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I loved uh, watching this again. I think it's a really fun movie. It's, it's a, in some ways, it's a very typical kind of tokusatsu handoff movie. Like this is the way it kind of goes with like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, where every year there's a different series, and then in between the two series, you usually get a movie that's a crossover, more or less, that like kind of in, like gives you one last adventure with the one that you were following, and and kind of introduces you to the new character that you're hopefully going to be watching, you know, continuing that. And so, it, you know, in that way, it is like kind of typical, but um, I think very well done. Um, mm-hmm. And and it worked out perfectly, like I said, for me, because Skabon Deca 2 is like my Skabon Deca. So that's I wanted <laughs> to see. I, I That's why I like this one more than the next movie, which is more based on uh, Yui and her sisters. Um and but I do think that Yui seems fun. Like she's kind of this like Goku, Luffy, h- hungry airhead uh, show yeah. action hero type. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and and Saki like is is more kind of moody and sincere um, and, you know, kind of brooding in a way. Uh, but like, you know, <laughs> I say brooding. But like for Skabon Deca, that's like still very light. Like it's that's mm-hmm. the, the thing that you guys are all saying about the acting. Like I understand that. But I think there's something that I just sort of like gets hammered in where I kind of end up like loving the like weird wooden st- style of acting that uh, they do. I find it kind of charming and in its own way. Uh, but the, the thing like the sort of lightness that's over everything, I think, is my favorite example of that is the quote unquote torture scene uh, <laughs> where the bad guy has like a defibrillator or whatever and is electrocuting Saki and she's like, you know, she's screaming and stuff. And in another movie, this would be like way harsher. But mm-hmm. uh, as Dawn mentioned, she's wearing this like puffy pink sweater and it's all like pretty like reserved. Like this isn't female prisoner scorpion or something. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> It, it, to my knowledge, it's my understanding that originally the first Kiban Deca TV series um, had the first actress, right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to continue doing the series. So basically in the first, you know, quote season, um, at the end, they killed off her character, uh, which none of this mm-hmm. happened in the manga, like the original manga. It was the same Saki throughout yeah. the whole thing. Uh, so to keep the series going because it was pretty popular they were like okay we're going to get another actress and she's going to be the next generation of suke bondeka mm-hmm. but we're going to give her the mantle of saki like mm-hmm. she's the next saki like we took your name you are saki now <laughs> i see i see so it wasn't a code name for the first one but no. then it's a code name for the next Exactly. That that makes sense. And that's why they went with the third one after uh, the the second season was over. And she is just like, you know, the third (laughs) Skabon Deca. So I think that was a really creative idea to keep the series going and kind of to keep it fresh, too, because like they they basically kept a lot of the same story elements. But they were like, but what if we introduce also these other girls like, uh, you know, her her friends were also. So 
invented for the show. They weren't in the original mm. series at all. She just kind of worked alone. She was like a loner. She didn't have yeah. any friends, really. Uh, so I think that kind of adds to it like uh because like the whole move the, the whole first part of the movie kind of you get this like getting the gang back together vibe which is super fun mm-hmm. yeah i always love that yeah you know i think if i had one big complaint it is just that those kind of side characters don't get featured as much um and you all sort of said similar type things but like you mm-hmm. know i love okyo and and yukino doesn't do too much and that's kind of in with her character in the TV series, to be honest, like she often doesn't do too much. She does have these little like finger claw things and these kite things that she throws sometimes. But like, um, but Okio is really the sort of like other big fighter. And mm-hmm. she she gets some good scenes and there's some good interactions between her and the other characters and stuff. But I, I always uh, would have loved to see uh, m- more with those two, especially. Same. Um, yeah, I, I feel like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, f- I feel like the one thing that I'm missing out on from not seeing the TV series is like that them being included is more like fan service, right? Yes. Like it's like, oh, you remember all these great characters that you love? So if you've never seen the TV series, you're like, oh, these characters are really cool. Why aren't they there for more than like, you know, five minutes at a time? Yeah. Besides like comparing this to like a tokusatsu uh handoff movie the other thing that kind of comes to mind is a like shonen jump type movie like a dbz movie or something Mm -hmm. where it's like you get to see everybody and they do their one thing but it's really you know that's all that they do but it's it's the fan service like you said yeah Um, which which also makes sense because it's a toei production Uh, and then they say, oh, we're going to be we're going to team up with some other girls from that other school. And they're very excited about it. And then they get exploded by a helicopter, uh, which is sad. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, I was going to uh, interject that I I, th- I do like Okyo's acting. I think she's like mm-hmm. a, a tier better than the rest of the girls. So I was very disappointed that she did not get more time as well, both because she's a good actress and or better actress and also marbles are also a cool weapon. Yeah. Um, I was super curious about that. Like, man, what a tease. I, I want to know how, how you <laughs> use those in fight. How many do you get? Like, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm all in on these marbles. I yeah, have no, seen she's some a total, clips of her like, from the TV show. Rival. that are pretty neat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying that I've seen, uh, I think, clips of her from the TV show uh, doing stuff that that's neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a total, like, rival character where at first she's, uh, you know, an antagonist and then uh, joins forces and all this stuff. So if, at first it's, yeah, marbles versus yo-yos in a, you know, <laughs> in, in an epic fight or whatever. I like it. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say, it reminds me a lot of uh, James Bond, actually, mm. with the passing down of this like code name and yeah. go, getting her like new upgraded yo-yo, snapping the weights into it, uh, getting warned by her cue about how dangerous it is. <laughs> yeah, Nishiwaki is definitely like Q in this case. Yeah. Uh, I, that that entire sequence where he's like, yeah, use this to, you know, that otherwise you're... Um, your arm will be crushed. Also, you can only use this a limited amount of times before your arm is crushed either way. Like, I, it was very, yeah, it, it followed the kind of beats of a James Bond movie. And um, 
I think it'd be super funny if like in the latest James Bond movie that is uh, uh, imminent that you do find out that um, the title James Bond is uh, something passed down um, from um, mantle to mantle. That's always been the kind of like secret background, like hidden lore suggestion. And I think they got the closest to it with the Craig Bonds. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, I I just think it would be, it'd be really funny if, um, if they were, they just credited Skabendeka as like their inspiration (laughs) for the, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say that you wanted to see James Bond, uh, wield a killer yo-yo. Cause I I mean, I also want that. (laughs) Absolutely. Everyone um, should have a killer killer yo-yo. <laughs> it's true. I feel like they they made so many Roger Moore movies, and he has so many wacky gadgets and, that I am like shocked that <laughs> that he never had a yo-yo just to begin with. So maybe yeah. they thought it was too childish. Mm. <laughs> I was always um, under the assumption that like they chose like the creator chose like a yo-yo because it was something that like a kid would recognize. Mm-hmm. Plus like it, it, when you see a yo-yo, you're not threatened. Like you're like, it's a yo-yo. <laughs> uh, but then like after the series got popular, then like, Oh my God, I bet every kid wanted a yo-yo. Like yeah. I bet, I bet they had like actual skip on Deca official yo-yos. And I bet every parent was bugged into buying one for their kids mm. oh yeah oh yeah and the yo-yo is cool because it like pops open and you see the little like police badge yeah that she has. yeah yeah it's pretty neat it, you know considering when uh the series was developed uh i do wonder if it had um if it gave uh shigesato itoi inspiration to add yo-yos uh in the mother series of video games as mm. a weapon oh i have to imagine there's like a big zeitgeist around yo-yos and the mm-hmm. NES, SNES era as being weapons. Um, tr- uh, was it, um, uh, Tropic, uh, Star Tropics. I think you use a yo-yo in that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That's- it's been a while since I played that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, it's like uh, that Simpsons episode where everyone's crazy about <laughs> yo-yos. <laughs> 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 Oh, like, oh, yo-yos are so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, going back to the Bond thing for a second, I do like that, uh, Joey, you make me want to see the uh, second movie because I, even though, um, as I said, the act- acting is no great chops, but uh, I do like Yui's personality a lot better as this like hot-headed rushing in character. So you just mm-hmm. wait until you find a Sukuban Deka you vibe with and watch her movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, so how about uh, favorite scenes uh, or parts of the film? V, what what was stood out for you? Um, the a, a few things did, but the scene I want to highlight is just when like she walks out of the shadow and she's fully powered up and ready to fight and bust everybody out with her mm-hmm. yo yo and the thing strapped on. That's the like big badass hero reveal that I'd kind of been waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. I also I I like that kind of moment where she's opening the cells and all the like students kind of have their will broken. Um, It doesn't like super pay off, but I kind of like the idea behind it. Um, But uh, but yeah, I love that um, that that moment. And and the opening of the film also has uh, her kind of like walking with a bunch of like smoke and stuff around. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, how about you? I um. 
I really like the fight scene on the bus. Mm. A whole lot. And um, I think it's just... Uh, <laughs> it's very ridiculous uh, to the point where... Uh, it makes me wonder if anybody was driving the bus. <laughs> like, I kept thinking yeah, to myself, yeah, what like, was that bus driver thinking? <laughs> that, that's the entire thing. That's that's all I was thinking about while that was happening. <laughs> if, like the fight ends up coming like to the door, and then the uh, and then the um, why am I blanking on this piece of construction equipment? The the the, the, like digging, the scoop thing. The scoop thing. <laughs> I can't remember. God. <laughs> I, I, I'm embarrassed that I don't know the name of a thing that is in our our world. Um, it, it crashes through the window. That was I don't know. I feel like that this movie comes out swinging, um, but I did wonder about the bus driver. And then uh, to like a, a scene or two later, we find out that the bus driver did die. So I I, I felt like yes, great. This movie is going to answer so many questions. <laughs> um, yeah, it almost made me wonder if the bus driver was in on it for a while because I had that thought, too. I was like, why is he not like freaking out? But uh. <laughs> yeah, but but I think it's a really fun fight scene um, and it shows that Saki is somebody who is not to be trifled with um, and she can definitely hold her own in a fight. Um, and uh, and she used the yo-yo that she bought from uh from the street vendor. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, even it, a simple pedestrian yo-yo can be a weapon for her. Yeah. That construction uh, uh, equipment's called an excavator. An oh, excavator. there we go. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really like when they, they like don't fake that giant, the giant shovel on it, like busting through <laughs> the bus. Like I'm pretty sure they took everybody off, which is why they shook it so much, but like they actually drove that, that bus into it the way it shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I, I, you gotta give them credit. You know, that's, that's, that's practical effects for you. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. nothing like loving, a good practical effect. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say part of loving tokusatsu is just loving seeing stuff get broken. <laughs> <laughs> stuff uh, exploding and getting broken. Yeah, mm. totally. <laughs> and, and, and I, I gotta call attention to detail. Like there were little bits of glass in Saki's hair afterwards too. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like, wow, this is surprisingly, uh, you know, surprisingly well, well detailed. I was, I don't know. I, I it impressed me. Not mm-hmm. that isn't to say I didn't like other scenes in the movie, but that that's definitely the scene that comes to my mind first. And the bus, cool. the poor bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, R.I.P. So, so Don, did you have a favorite part you wanted to highlight? I have two, which like we've already kind of talked about them but like my two favorites are always the the helicopter exploding (laughs) (laughs) because like like you i like every time i watch i just bust out laughing which i know is so mean but like it just randomly just goes and you're just like what what (laughs) (laughs) one minute you're looking at the helicopter and then all of a sudden it's like boom (laughs) it's gone <laughs> and I think the thing that like really makes it funny is like you see like the the gunman on that uh, helicopter with a really surprised look on his face first, oh, yeah. and then they cut to the explosion. <laughs> yeah, there's Which a little just... bit of like added like kind of blue electricity to show that she's like hit just the right spot on that yeah. helicopter, you know. <laughs> and it just it gets me every time, like. It's just 
delightful. I have no other word for it. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is, uh, like I was saying earlier, that that scene where they're all uh, at home plotting their their uh, infiltration, but you know they're having a nice curry dinner together, and it's very domestic and and mm. sweet. Yeah, <laughs> which is like so cute. Like I'm like, okay, I know they're plotting to kill like all these people, but this is so cute. Like. <laughs> This is adorable. And then afterwards, they all basically have a slumber party. Like you see them in their, um, you know, they've dragged out the futons and they're all sleeping next to each other uh, in the same room. Yeah. yeah. It's very sort of like, you know, teenage sleepover kind of thing. But like, uh, but funny because they're they're not just your typical teenagers. They're (laughs) badass superhero teenagers. Um, and that those two scenes like always stick with me because they're they're just so fun and good for like completely different reasons, but uh, but very very well done, and I love them a whole lot. Oh yeah, yeah that that helicopter part is my number one like moment for sure. <laughs> like I I love that whole scene because as we've kind of joked about, it is a very like classic tokusatsu blow stuff up in a rock quarry type thing, which is fun. Um, and it it does, uh, as V was saying, kind of escalates very quickly. And and you get to kind of like, you know, you want to see the yo-yo. You want to see the goods, right? You want to see the yo-yo do something cool. And, um, you know, it's uh, unexpected, uh, to say the least, that she's going to act- literally like explode the helicopter by <laughs> smacking it with that yo-yo. Um, yeah. And so fun. Something we haven't mentioned yet is that Yui tries to attack it first and just gets her yo-yo wrapped around part of it. And mm. I was immediately like, mm-hmm. did you think you're going to pull it down? That's not how <laughs> physics works. Right. And she just it like seems surprised when she starts gets, getting dragged along. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, I didn't plan past this part. <laughs> yeah, that, that sets up a very good kind of dynamic between the sort of like experienced veteran who's uh, retiring and the kind of new goofy upstart. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so shall we dance, uh, talking about an American remake? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's true that like kind of school uniform, uh, like Catholic schools, you know, is kind of a recognizable thing, but it does still feel very Japanese, but I I think you could do a, you know, an adaptation of this. That's a sort of like high schooler detective type thing. Um, do any of you have thoughts on uh, what, what an American remake would look like uh, if, if possible? Hmm. They'd have to do a whole lot of juggling in terms of trying to make a, a, if it, you're going to make a standalone thing, you know, make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It seems difficult just because it's based on, the source material and not just the source material, but like this is technically the second series, right? Like post second series. So sure. I yeah. Think, I do think know. the yo-yo, like, I mean, I feel like it just would have a different feel. Cause the yo-yo is like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's viewed in Japan, but like from an American perspective, it's a very like juvenile, uh, silly thing. And even um, the dated one at that, like yeah, there's yeah. a brief resurgence when I was in like, elementary and middle school where yo-yos were cool again because they had like 
teams of yo-yo people come to your school and do tricks and tell you not to do drugs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that happens like every. I, I feel like that happens every ten or twenty years, right? Yeah, I feel I, like my. I, I feel like the kids in my school were into yo-yo just before discovering hacky sacks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, I feel like yo-yos are so dated now that. It, it, there's not any kind of like cultural like wistfulness for them at all that I don't mm-hmm. know that it, anyone would really think they were cool well, as a weapon. I don't know. I feel like yo-yos do come back every 20 years or so. Uh, I remember specifically when I was in middle school, uh, yo-yos had a huge resurgence. Duncan was at the height of their game. And I remember buying at least two different yo-yos because of like the ball bearings in them and stuff like that. Like it was very, uh, it was very, it was very much a niche, but uh, felt niche because mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I still have my Fireball from that era. Fireball, Ugh, man! <laughs> I don't know where mine went. God, this is bringing like everything. Just I don't know. I have this these nostalgic feelings about yo-yos that are... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think that, that even in within Skate on Decade, there's supposed to be kind of a an, a, a part of it that's like humorous, that it, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that it's uh, schoolgirls doing things that you'd think are innocent, like marbles and yo-yos, and it, it comes off cool. But I think there's just a little bit more of a tradition in Japanese media of like mixing comedy and cool kind of seamlessly... Uh, you know, like One Piece is a good example. Um, <clears throat> and in America, it would be a little bit harder of a sell. Like you'd get have kind of people be like, "What is this? Um, is this supposed to be cool or is this supposed to be funny?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned uh, totally spies jokingly earlier. <laughs> so there's like in the West, there's archetypes of like the high school student secret agent or high school student detective and stuff. So I think there, there are certainly ways it could be adapted, but I, parts of it, both that kind of like mixture and tone and the kind of the, the specific texture of the Skeban archetype that I think are kind of unique to Japan. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that it's that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I, I really love the delinquent archetype, like anything with delinquents. I'm like, you know, ooh, I'm interested. So but we don't have like really an equivalent of that unless you count like a greaser. But that's like really dated and <laughs> like, I don't know. My first thought when I was thinking about like an American remake would be something along the lines of maybe like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Um, OK, I yeah. can see that. Like they they might not make her like an actual high school girl, but like she could look like one and she could infiltrate a school and maybe not make the yo-yo her shtick, but like have a scene with her, like, you know, taking down a bad guy or something with a yo-yo just to be like, look at the cool fight choreography we can do with a yo-yo, you know, like Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, My only other thought was like... um, Quentin Tarantino would definitely just make his own version of this and just replace uh, the Japanese Saki with a white girl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and not explain anything and just, you know, make it weird and everyone would be like, oh, genius. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I've also been sitting here thinking of like what other kind of toy could they replace the yo-yo with as a weapon? 
And I can't think of anything particularly good, but I'm sitting here amusing myself thinking of a like crime fighting teenager with uh, Fushigi contact juggling balls. <laughs> wow. And devil sticks. I was thinking uh, fidget spinner. Ooh, devil sticks. If you're going to. Oh, fidget spinner. Do kids still like fidget spinners? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, isn't that those basically what more Bakugan thing. is or whatever that thing is? Those are like tops, Yeah, those basically. are spinning tops, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah, spinning tops. Do they still sell Skip It? Is that a thing that <laughs> still sell? Yeah, that's what I want. I, mean, I want to see just someone on Saki's team that has a Skip It and can do some cool, like, uh, what's that? That martial art where you like you're basically break dancing. Capoeira. Oh, capoeira. Yeah, yeah. So spinning on your back with like a skip it on your foot and you're hitting people. Ooh. I, can, I, I can see it. <laughs> and like, if that you sounds like, like a good idea. And if you like hit a button, it turns into like a spiked like uh yeah. morning star type deal. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that could be fun. <laughs> Let's get Chiaki Kuriyama back into acting. <laughs> I just want a whole team go, go, full of like returns. 90s toys, like uh, wielding, like a bop it, <laughs> like a bop it would be good too. Because like you know that already ha- that can already do at least three things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Somebody, somebody like is like the the Yui ninja, except like uh, her thing is she throws gack in people's faces and runs away. <laughs> Like, instead of a sand attack, she's like, gack attack, and just runs. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a <Jeez>. deep cut. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, uh, moving on to the Takashi Shimura Award uh, for Outstanding or Scene-Stealing Performance. Um, let's see. Uh, Alex, who would you nominate? So... Initially, I was thinking about uh, Yui because um, I like the cut of her jib. Mm-hmm. Whenever she's on screen, I'm, I'm like, do more things. You're really fun to watch. Um, but I got to give it to um, Sato Ibu as uh, Hattori. Oh, yeah. Um, he is like, I, I don't know. He's the kind of villain I just like to watch. Very, like, cold and calm and... Uh, and and so evil that it hurts. Like he looks, he just looks evil. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he's also a robot. <laughs> yeah. He's Very a good. Terminator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. You can definitely like see like what was in the zeitgeist at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, Dawn, who would you give this award to? Well, I know that y'all were saying that like you weren't super impressed with uh, Yoko uh, Mina Mino's performance, but like honestly, for me, I think she's great in this because I mean, she's a teenager and she's trying to do like most of her own stunts, and mm-hmm. she's doing it in a long skirt. Like mm-hmm. that's hard. That's really mm-hmm. hard. So for her effort, I think she was doing pretty good for like her eight and this was like the first big movie she was ever in which is like really impressive because i'm like you know uh, yeah it's a little rougher on the edges but like i couldn't do better than that like for certain plus she really just sells that whole idea of a yo-yo could be a deadly weapon like she she really just sells that to me like when when she comes out and she's like really like brutishly 
like flinging her yo-yo up and down just very casually, uh, almost effortlessly. You're just like, wow, that's so badass. But it's just a girl playing yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I feel like that there's something there. Like it's, it's hard to sell this goofy kid's toy as being a deadly weapon and taking it seriously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she she had said that like when she was first given this role, she was like, oh, I don't want to do this kind of thing. I don't want to be play a delinquent. And I don't know about I've never done action and stuff like that. But that, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way her, her agency gave it to her or whatever. And, but I think that she does uh, kind of end up embodying it uh, very well. I, I think that she when I talk about uh problems with her acting i personally see it kind of the more kind of emotional moments where she has to be kind of a little more uh nuanced or whatever like upset about something yeah but i think as an action star she's uh you know she's good she's not like uh you know she's not uh, a martial artist or anything but she's um i don't know she's very determined i do think that i i really love that kind of spirit of her wanting to take part in it as much as she can yeah Yeah. i mean for a for a tokusatsu actress like she's yeah. pretty good this is like really decent tokusatsu acting <laughs> yes A plus. this is true the sliding scale <laughs> um how about you v um before i say who actually gets it i do want to shout out haruko sagara as okio again mm-hmm. um j- just her delivery when like she, the way she lights up when uh, Saki shows up and she's like, Oh, we're going to go fight some guys again. Yeah. And <laughs> her, she's so crestfallen when she's yeah. like, when she says no. And then she's like, well, you, you always did have a peaceful heart. You're not full of bloodlust. Like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, uh, but yeah, I like her a lot, but I, I do who really stood out to me the most was Masato Ibu as Hattori. Cause he is just like this cold, cold villain in a really cool way and i like the the drama in the scene where he's having everybody stand around do that toast with him mm-hmm. and throw yeah. the knives into the pineapple after he throws <laughs> oh them oh my there. god yeah. oh, the editing for that was so good <laughs> i yeah. love it. and then they i love when they throw their glasses down uh, <laughs> they don't just throw their glasses down they throw them everywhere like, <laughs> they just so go funny. all over it's such a mess it's such a mess I, I feel, like, man, I feel bad get, for get whoever has to eye. clean that up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and, and I, I did like his fights. I like the cadence of his movement and the way he fights in those scenes. Uh, and that's where my other uh, video game pull comes from. Uh, Dragonov, who's like a Russian soldier in the Tekken series, mm. is um, his his like face and hair are kind of patterned after the manga version of uh, the villain in battle royale Mm -hmm. but like the way he fights uh reminded like his movement reminded me a lot of hattori's kind of uh weirdly like fluid but stiff at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah kind of movement and all those like weird chops he does i know does i love that further kind of sells his like i'm a robot thing it's like these very rigid chops uh yeah uh, cool. Yeah, I thought he was great, too. Well, uh, you know, uh, she was your runner up, but I want to give this to Haruko Sagara as uh, Okio. 
Um, this may be just some sort of baggage pulled over from being a fan of the TV series, but she's my favorite character. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just love uh, Okio. I think she's really fun. And I think that that scene in particular uh, where she comes and uh, they come to her and she's just ready to go and she's so excited. Um, it does kind of like sell uh, her the most in the film. But even when she's kind of just like, climbing up and knocking out bad guys and all that stuff. Uh, I feel like she, she does kind of shine a bit more than uh, some of the other actors. Um, so yeah, I have marbles, Okio, uh, my, um, my number one. It's interesting. This, th- that does kind of also make me think of uh, tokusatsu movies, because if you just jump into a tokusatsu movie for seasons that you haven't watched, you can kind of like pick and choose characters that you're interested in and be like, Oh, I can watch the season prior to this movie and get more of this character, the season after this movie and get more of this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that I can go watch the previous season and get more Okyo or watch the following season and get more Yui. Yeah, yeah definitely. I did have an honorable mention as well. Um, sure. I do want to give an honorable mention award to the gunman of the helicopter for his amazing <laughs> facial expressions <laughs> because he just like those faces that he makes when he's like, you know, shooting the gun and like just acting all like crazed were just so funny and amazing. <laughs> I mean, he really sells it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, tr- I tried to see if I could find like a credit for him, like in the extras, but I, I could not. But like, mm. shout out to that dude. <laughs> he was given his all. Great. <laughs> yeah. Then he was blown up in the sky unceremoniously. Well, no, very ceremoniously. I mean, but, so, uh, it's so memorable. Like, <laughs> if if that guy came to me and was like, I was the dude who got blown up in the helicopter, I'd be like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Build a monument <laughs> in that rock quarry. <laughs> very good. Um, well, uh, anybody have any closing lingering thoughts uh, before we wrap this up? Um, I... Didn't mention this earlier, but I also really like the scene where you see what what's going on at Hell's Castle, mm-hmm. like like a uh, little like montage. Yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, like, I laughed just, really hard at that too. <laughs> yeah, just to show, uh, like, yeah, man, it really sucks here. And the uh, the one girl who's who names the submachine gun, except for like the very last bit of the name, and then she gets shocked. I don't know, like that, and the uh, just every everything about like like what what uh, it the way he describes it is like yeah. At first, I thought it was just going to be like you know some some crappy school, and then it turns out dot dot dot, and then you see this montage of these students being tortured, and um, and it does seem like a living hell. Like I I don't know, like it it very the entire thing felt very tokusatsu to me, very uh, mm-hmm. you know it cheese for the sake of cheese and i really enjoyed it yeah yeah you're like oh they're not just bad they're really really bad yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, when they immediately cut over and people are running with like automatic rifles it's just very like both kind of like oh it's that bad but it also reminded me of like uh, a Zucker movie kind of ninja oh, training yeah. grounds type of thing. <laughs> right it doesn't help that the whole compound is like square shaped either it's very like uh, ninja compound-esque mm. 
I think I love about that whole conceit is that they're all delinquents that get like flunked or expelled out of other schools. So like in this series about hero delinquents, they have to like rescue other delinquents. And it feels very like insular in that way that uh, that I like. Which, yeah, you get that. That actually comes through when uh, Saki tries to rescue them. She's like, no, don't do this. I don't want to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to hurt these kids. Like she she feels like genuine remorse. Like there's that part where she had to fight them and she just kind of like collapses afterward and cries because she's like, oh, I didn't want to, but I had to. Yeah. Yeah. That like, oh. She's like and she's using the super yo-yo. So she's like being kind of beat up physically as well as uh, emotionally mm-hmm. in that spot. Um, yeah. So Dawn, as our guest, thank you so much for being here. If, it, if you have any other thoughts to close out, um, you can give those and then just let us know where we can find you online and stuff. I think the, the closing thoughts are definitely watch Skabon Decca. <laughs> It yeah. is so good. It's so fun. Um, you know, 80s stuff is like really big right now. Like, why not watch a really fun, cool 80s action movie that's based off of a shoujo manga? That's really super fun to watch. Like, and it's really cheap. Like the DVDs are like, I think right now on right stuff, they're like less than five dollars a piece. Like, that's yeah, so I think cheap. for the single movie, it was like three or four dollars. I think for oh, yeah. the 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 double movie set it was like 14 or something which mm-hmm. is even then not not bad at all oh so. um i actually do have a question if y'all have seen the second one and oh. you know spoilers i guess for anybody uh who's um who's listening and is interested uh does megumi come back as a cyborg in the, in the next movie <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> no. Um, I think I think by that point, uh, she's long forgotten. <laughs> Another TV series has happened. And sadly, yeah, <laughs> but th- that, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been perfect, honestly. But yeah. Oh, say love you. But uh, yeah, I, I'm always telling everybody you should you should check out Skabondeka. It's it's so cool. If you liked Kill a Kill, like that's where a lot of their sort of like inspiration came from like this was like very influential uh and in true like sort of gynax uh animator fashion they pulled from all sorts of things that they liked so this was very heavily referenced so if you like the idea of cool schoolgirls kicking ass and uh toppling fascists then uh totally totally give this a watch it's great it's wonderful awesome. um and uh, if you want to find me on the internet, um, you can find my podcast pretty much anywhere that uh, good podcasts are found. <laughs> Just <laughs> do a search for Anime Nostalgia Podcast. You can usually find it in your podcast catcher of choice. Um, I also have it on the blog at animenostalgia.blogspot.com. Um, if you are on the social medias, I'm on the Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Bunny Cartoon. Um, if you like old anime crap and horror stuff and uh, pictures of my big, beautiful fat cat, uh, then go ahead and find me there. Yeah. Yeah. That podcast is great. I, I love it. And, um, you Thank know, you. most of the episodes are kind of like a deep dive into a single series or something like that. But there's also fun stuff about reminiscing about being a fan in the nineties and things like that, that mm-hmm. I identify with. And I think people younger might find interesting just as a thing that they, is outside of their experience. Yeah. Um, what What did we do before computers? It is a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You have a really great episode about like correspondence with like um, 
pen pals and stuff that I thought was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I have a fondness for that episode, too, uh, because so many really good memories. Um, and I honestly did not think people would like it very much, uh, mm. but I get people telling me that they really liked that all the time. So it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Alex, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at dude exclamation on Twitter. That's dude exclamation all one word. Um, you can listen to me every week on the one piece podcast. Um, please subscribe to our Patreon for access to the, uh, monthly podcast that I'm doing with, uh, Steve Yerko co-host, um, where we are forced to watch four kids. Um, we, <laughs> Oh no. Uh, yeah. We are watching <laughs> the entirety of the one piece uh the four kids dub of one piece chronologically and um we're three episodes in and it's getting uh god it sucks uh, but but we gotta do it and we're doing the show is so good uh the two of them are really good at doing funny impressions and stuff and they edit in like clips from the dub which is it's helpful for me because i never watched the four kids dub i've just always kind of heard it uh you know <laughs> whispered about in dark corridors or whatever yeah, but like <laughs> so it's good to like finally kind of hear some of the stuff and be equally as baffled uh, as they are by the decisions being made. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Joey. Uh, you can also find uh, find me um, uh, at twitch.tv slash super art fight. Um, we, uh, we are going to, well, actually, uh, we were at PAX. Uh, <laughs> as of this recording, PAX is still yet to come, but as of uh, this episode's release, PAX will have come and gone, unfortunately. But um, you can check us out on our Twitch channel. And um, also check out youtube.com slash witdc, uh, the Washington Improv Theater's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, there are two shows called And Scene and Sequels from the Vault, in which I am involved in. And uh, please check those out. Awesome. How about you, V? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. You can also find my horror Twitter, which hopefully by the time this goes up, we'll have something on it. Uh, Lurks in Shadow. Um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa recently won a Best Director Award at the Venice mm -hmm. Film Festival. And it has made me want to go revisit uh, Cairo, or uh, American title Pulse. His, oh, I uh, love that movie. Horror movie from I think 2001 and I should have some thoughts up on my horror Twitter by the time this goes up. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'll be curious to see that. I, yeah. That, that movie sounds interesting that he just won for the, my wife is a spy or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it sounds, I've been seeing a lot of hype about that movie. So yeah, uh, I definitely want to see that. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. And then I am uh, at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, you can follow my comics work. Uh, the You can check out the five book, book series, Merman uh, or Ghost Hog, a self-contained graphic novel. Um, and uh, on my social media, you can find links to my website uh, where you can read more comics and samples and things like that. Um, and... Um, as for the podcast, uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Toho Yarrow or uh, like us on Facebook where you can message us. Um, and uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, check us. Oh, I didn't uh, ask about this. <laughs> next uh, episode. Uh, no. what, what are we talking about next episode? Alex. Um, we are going to be uh, delving back into the Samurai trilogy and covering the second film, Duel at Ichijoji Temple. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That um, and that was a Criterion. I don't know if it's on the Criterion channel currently. It might be, but um, um, I think it still is. Um, okay, cool. And if not, and if you can't find it there, then you can. I believe you can find it on HBO Max. Oh, okay, so, nice. Yeah, easy to watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It. It's been a long delayed. Like I, I distinctly remember when we watched the first one, we were like. I feel really ready to watch the next one. And then <laughs> however many years later, uh, one yeah, day we'll so, get to the fireworks factory that is dual on Godrio Island. Yeah. I almost, uh, suggested we just cover two and three as one episode, but <laughs> oh, we could do that if you want. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have that discussion yeah. uh, <laughs> off, off air. But yeah, so check us out next episode for uh, Samurai Trilogy 2 and possibly beyond uh, Duel at Ichijoji Temple. アサミヤサキが初めて出会った巨大な敵補強やろうちらの手で地獄城の生徒たちを救い出そう今セーラー服戦士が集結する生きて帰る愛しの少女たち Come on, they're